You are listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. Well, praise God. Amen. You know, I came in here this morning, and I'm hearing these little jokes about this football stuff. I got to tell you, I don't know nothing about football, and and we're up from up north, way up there, 7,500 feet. When they say football, you have to put your um, Carhartts on and your coats and your big quilts. I'm not into that. (laughs) So I don't go to football, okay? But down here, I'm learning a little bit about football. So first of all, I got to tell you, I hear that Greg is is quite a football fanatic, okay? So I'm going to give you two testimonies. Number one is that my little grandbaby, who is eight this year he's playing his first year of football on last Tuesday night we had football every night out of a 50 yard field for little ones he made a 40 yard touchdown praise God you want to know how I know that's a touchdown (laughs) because I screamed up and down and I said oh thank you Jesus he made a home run And my daughter grabbed me, and she said, Mom, that's a touchdown. I said, oh, okay. Praise God, he made a touchdown. So anyways, I'm getting into football, okay? Getting into football. I said that to say that um, this whole testimony that I'm about to give started out at football, a place that I'm not comfortable at anyway. But we're at the, we go to football practice two or three nights a week with, with the grandbaby. And do y'all believe in divine appointments? I do not believe in circumstances. I believe in divine appointments. Amen? Amen. Amen. When we were there, and and if you look around, there's a divine appointment almost every day. If you just listen, listen to your spirit, listen to what God's telling you, look around you, someone needs an encouragement. Okay? So we were at the football game. I came home, or at at the practices. I came home, and my daughter, I didn't go to one of them last week. My daughter came home and she said, Mom, i got to tell you about this friend that she's been talking to, got to meet this lady there. And I've talked to her, visited with her, you know. She got to telling my daughter about a seven-year-old little boy. Seven years old. This is her nephew. This seven-year-old little boy has been institutionalized three times. He's been... He... All he talked about was killing at seven years old. All he talked about was committing suicide. All he talked about was fear, and they didn't know what to do with him. They had him on all kinds of medications. He would go to school, hit the teacher, run away. The cops would be called, go get him, bring him back. He was biting people, biting himself. I can't imagine seven years old being in that much fear and torment. So my daughter began to tell me about this, and and the only thing I could do was just cry in my spirit. My spirit just hurt, and I cried because we all know here that Jesus doesn't want any of us to be in bondage. He doesn't want any of us to be a captive like that. He came to set the captives free, and I believe that when you're free, you're free indeed in more than one area. So my daughter, she, she shared this story with me, and I, all I could do was just go in my room, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried, and I said, oh, God, we can't let this little boy stay like this. He's in a home 150 miles away alone 
by himself with doctors and nurses and stuff that he doesn't know. And God spoke to my heart, and he says, but I'm there with him. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I should have known that, but I had to be reminded. <laughs> that Jesus said, I'm right there with him. I said, okay. About two days passed, this family, after talking with my daughter, wanted us to come out to their home. So, you know, when, when God gives you an opportunity, jump at it. And I'm here to brag on Jesus because when he gives you an opportunity to be able just to share who he is, oh, you, that is just such a blessing to share who my Jesus is. My Jesus, I, I say my because I'm very protective. I'm going to keep him forever. Now, I'll share him with you, and you can have your own, but this one's mine. <laughs> okay, so we go out to this family, and we walk in. The grandmother's there, the great-grandmother, the mom, the aunt, and they're all there. And I tell you what, I've never seen a family so broken in all my life that wanted this little baby to come home, this little seven-year-old to come home. They begin to tell us all about him and who he used to be four years ago that he liked to play sports, but now that he's just, his eyes aren't right, and they were just telling me all these things about him. The grandmother <clears throat> had went to a garage sale or something, picked up a book on how to cast out demons. I looked at her and I said, with all due respect, put the book down. She says, but it says here that it could be a spirit of this or it could be a spirit of that, and I said, with all due respect, put the book down. I said, because the only thing you need right now is Jesus. The only thing you need is the name of Jesus. And we visited for a little while longer, and I said, it's time to pray. So we all, these, are, these, are, these were people that know of Jesus, have been told about him. The mom was not quite sure of anything. Didn't know if she even believed in Jesus much. But she stood up with tears rolling down her face, and the desperation in these people's lives to get their little grandson, their nephew, and their son home. So we prayed. Spirit rose up. I tell you, when you just let God have his way, just, just let him say what he wants to say, let him, let him do what he wants to do, you're going to get victory. You're going to get results. So we prayed, and, and, and I tell you what, we, we got a hold of that spirit, and we said, that's it. You have no authority over this child. This child was born for a purpose. He has a purpose, and I'll be darned if I'm my, I'm my spirit. Pastor Curtis, I'm not going to let no, no demon take over a little, little baby. That's just wrong. So we prayed over him, and at the very end of the prayer, I don't remember quite everything that we said, but we took authority over this demon. Okay? We prayed over this child, and I told him, I said, in the name of Jesus, I said, he's going to come home whole and full of the Spirit of God and free. Okay? That was on, I believe it was Friday or Saturday? Came to church on Sunday. Prayed a lot with him on my mind. Prayed in the Spirit a lot with him on my mind. Monday, three days later, Monday, they were supposed to go up Sunday, am I right? Sunday, to have a four-hour meeting with this little boy be able to see him for four hours. We came to Bible study um, Monday night. 
Halfway through the Bible study, I get a phone call. My daughter had went to football practice, came home, and said that the mom, the grandmother, and the mother had went to see this little boy on Sunday. Not only did they get a four-hour visitation, they got two eight-hour visitations. Okay, praise God, praise God. When it was said and done by Monday night, well, when they went to visit him on Sunday, they were just, just crying at football practice, saying they had never seen this little boy like he was that day. They walked in, and of course they're anticipating a very distraught little boy. When they walked in, that little boy told them. They didn't tell him. He told them, I'm not afraid anymore. The demons aren't here anymore. Jesus is with me. This is a little boy that don't know about Jesus. He didn't know. And he said, don't worry. Jesus is with me. I'll be okay. And they began to cry. And they tried to hold it together. You know, you got to hold it together in front of your kids. That's just how you got to do it. That's what they say. I don't. <laughs> so this little guy, when they got ready to leave after their eight-hour visitation, the doctors and nurses had came in and said that they had never seen such a recovery in all their life. They said his eyes glistened with a peace they had never seen in Come him on. before. So what they did was they told him when they left, they said, you know, we're, we're going to come back. We're going to come and get you. He said, oh, don't worry. I'm not afraid. I'll be all right. I'm not afraid. This ministered to the mom, the grandmother, the mother, the aunt. All of them walked away, just couldn't believe it. They got a phone call after that. The doctors and nurses said, he's coming home. Come pick him up Wednesday morning. Come on. I'm going to tell you what, Jesus delivered that little boy. One me, wasn't them. And Jesus, Jesus witnessed to his family, witnessed to the dad that don't even really isn't in his life that much, but he was there, witnessed to him. Jesus is wanting to deliver you people. Everybody, every sickness, every disease, everything that is holding you back, that is holding, every one of us in here know a family member or a friend or a neighbor that's tormented, troubled, and you want to know something, you have the answer. And all you need is Jesus. You don't need all, all the big words and, the, and all that stuff. All you need is him. He'll bring you right out of it. Isn't that right, Sister Joy? He will. He's going to bring you out of it. So praise God. You might shout Greg at football. <laughs> and, and that's okay, because I'm going to learn to shout at football. But I'm going to tell you something. This is something to shout about. <laughs> no. This little boy is free. That's it. Let's give it he up. He's free. Praise God. Now, wait a minute. We're going to do a little interview here. Uh, you can see the agreement, see the, the acknowledgement of God's Word in a situation. The agreement by doing what the Word says. It just doesn't say to speak. A lot of us say, oh, I'll pray for you. No. Agreement means you're going to walk through what you say you're going to do or what you acknowledge. And then it's, it's, the exertion, it's the exhortation or the moving into the realm of, of the authority and now standing up for what you agreed that you acknowledged with. Now, you didn't know this was coming, but, but this, last, this last few months hasn't been real easy on your family, has it? No. Okay. Got a question. This Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No. 
No. But see what happened? God got her focus off of her situation onto another family's situation. See, and I believe with all my heart is that when you get your eyes off of yourself and begin to pray for others, that God will bring a restoration or the things will begin to take place. See, Job got his mind on his friends and prayed for his friends' sicknesses and received it himself. Amen. See, walking in authority doesn't mean... See, I, I would love for us just to have everything that what we want and the way we want, but, but it, God's Word works when you apply it on others. This is a perfect testimony of getting... See, it had been really easy for this family to sit back and say, well, I just, oh, all oh, these things about, oh, oh, so, oh, oh. I don't got time to care for someone else. That's what the, that's what the word is about, is about caring for someone else more than yourself. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So I don't know if you got this story or not, but Within three days, within three days, deliverance to a seven-year-old that didn't know, no one witnessed, no one went to him and said, you know, no brought, see, Jesus went to him, kicked out the demons, made himself alive to the little seven-year-old boy, and now that seven-year-old boy, I believe, has got purpose and destiny. He's experienced something that's going to be with him all his life. He will be the source of righteousness into the home. His mama, daddy, grandfather, and grand, all his family lineage will begin to experience the righteousness of God. Why? Because a child. Why do you think we're doing so much for children? Because adults don't know how to do it. So we're going to focus on children. We're having signs, wonders, and miracles in children, and it's going to affect their entire families. And if you don't like it, there's churches you can go to where you can just be satisfied. Amen. I want more than satisfaction. I want the power of God. I want this to come alive. And it's not going to happen with a bunch of people just sitting back. Uh, uh, uh. How are we going to fire up the kids? Amen. Amen. Come on, you need to be praying for our children. I tell you what, I had a, I had a discussion the other day with someone up at, that I'm not going to tell you. They were already com not complaining. They were already making suggestions that their room's too small. They got too many kids in it. <laughs> Guess what? We'll meet up there and they can come down here. If you think we can do something like that up there, just think what we could do it here. Well, we could build some ships on the wall in here. We have three or four ships, biggins. We'll make it live down in here. But I really believe, listen, it's about having victory. See, that's a, that's a victory. That's a victory. Got to victory. How? Because they acknowledged God's word in the situation, came in agreement, and stood with authority. You're not going to have the victory just by osmosis or hoping it's going to happen. Well, I go to church, it might... Listen, all that's going to do is frustrate you. There's a lot of people who don't go to church no more because they got too frustrated hearing about a life that they never lived. And they can't live that way. Well, I prayed and it didn't happen for me. That's not what it's about, you praying and having it happen for you. 
It's about you acknowledging God's Word, coming in agreement, and you standing in the authority. Jesus has already went to hell, brought back the authority, and gave it to you. What else do you want Him to do? You see what I'm saying? What else do you want God to do? Puff the magic dragon? Just poof, 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 poof? No. He wants a... God is looking for people that will stand in the authority of His Word that He accomplished, that will renew their mind to the transforming Word of God, and that will walk this planet with the power and authority of the Word of God. That will speak God's Word in a situation and make that situation change. I tell you what, this world... Okay, let's get back to preaching. Sorry. 2 Timothy chapter 2. It's our main, uh, main scripture that we're getting this uh, teaching out of, and we're going to start again, 2 Timothy. 2 Th Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to start with uh, verse 24, as soon as I get there. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, Oh, let's, I like doing it this way. In meekness, okay, let's start again. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. In meekness, instructing those who oppose themselves. Stop right there for a second. Leave that up there. Listen, this is where most people miss it. This, this scripture is telling us Go back to the slide right before that one. In meekness, instructing those who oppose themselves. The scripture says that they oppose themselves. You realize there's people sitting in other churches, not here, not here. Not, I'm not talking about any of us. I'm talking about people elsewhere. But there's people that come to church that are opposing themselves. There's conflict going on inside their members, on their inside. And I've got to get off of this and go on. But it says, in meekness, instructing those who oppose themselves. So what's the key for getting people out of that mindset of opposing themselves? Everybody say instruction. All you've got to do is follow instruction. Instructions. All right. I've got a lot of men in here. And I know men never read. That wasn't meant for you to jump on and enjoy. No, God, men never read instructions. And what happens? They start opposing themselves. On the inside. I know this. And then the wife comes by. Well, honey... What's that piece for if you're done? Right? They're opposing themselves because they're not willing to follow instructions. I, got, I can pick on men because that's me. I never read instructions. I, I might glance at a picture. Well, this is what it's supposed to look like when it's done. It doesn't look like it. But, but see, we oppose... See, they oppose themselves. Why? Because they hadn't followed instructions. They're not willing to receive instructions. And then it goes on and says, uh, peradventure will give them, that if God will peradventure will give them repentance 
to the acknowledging, everybody say acknowledging, acknowledging of the truth. See, I believe what happens is that the first step of repentance is to acknowledge the truth. And you've got to hear the truth, and you know, it's just not hearing the truth, it's acknowledging the truth. Once, you are, once you're willing to acknowledge the truth, then the repentance in your mind begins to take place. Repentance doesn't mean to waller and, and slobber and snot all over the altar. Repentance means to change the way you think because your thinking is wrong. You change the way you think and you'll be able to do things you hadn't been able to do before. Most people, well, we want to get into that. But it just says that God will give them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth. If you acknowledge the truth, repentance is at hand. The first step, if you're writing notes, which you should be, the first step to repentance is acknowledging the truth. Acknowledgement is the first step in the three A's of victory. You're not going to have any victory unless you acknowledge. Now we're going to talk about the word acknowledge. It's really made up of two words. The word, the, the word acknowledge is, it, it's, it's, we have several words in the English. Let me put it that way. We have several words in the English that mean the same thing as the word acknowledge in the Greek. Okay? Uh, consider is one of those words. The word consider. Uh, it says this in Romans 4.19. It says, uh, And not being weak, in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Now, what was the information that he was aware of? He was already aware of the information that his body was dead, and he was a hundred years old, and Sarah's womb was already closed up. See, that was information that he was aware of. Everybody say, aware of. Okay? He was aware of certain information, but he did not consider that information. He did not acknowledge that information. See, acknowledge doesn't mean be aware of it. See, there's a lot of people who are aware of Jesus dying on the cross. There's a lot of people aware of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came and filled this earth with the kingdom and people began to and, and, and the disciples were empowered and they began to speak with other tongues. There's people aware of that information, but they have not acknowledged it. They have not acted or accepted that information. If you look at the word acknowledge, there's AC at the beginning. You can either put ACT at act upon or accept. It's the same thing. You can't act upon something unless you accept something. You understand? So what it really means is that you're acting or accepting a certain degree of information or knowledge. Acknowledge it mean, acknowledging means that you are willing to go beyond just being aware. See, there's information. There's a lot of people aware of being out of debt. Right? There's a lot of people aware. There's information out there. But the information that will affect you is the one that you acknowledge. 
For example, we have a, a, a little things to show you this morning. That's what this means. That means let's go. Well, just to give you a, a, a sample of what we're talking about, a visual thing that you can look at and go, okay, I can understand this. See, there's information out there. There's, there's all kinds of stuff, but the only thing that's going to affect you in your life is the things that you act knowledge. Are you act upon? Are you accept as information that's pertinent to you? Amen? Amen. Wait, wait, we got to wait and get all the lights. Go ahead and turn it. Oh, yeah, he, he's turn off the other one. Oh, hey, hallelujah. I like this. And Jesus said, you going to turn off these off? There, you got some more. There you go. I'll sit down now. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. See, that, that's a, a real simple way for you to understand that there's information, but unless you make yourself, unless you acknowledge and accept and then walk it out, it's, it's not going to do you any good. See, now we, we know Dylan would never do that because he doesn't like baseball, but... but, but you know, here the information was for him to save his life. The information was there. He heard it, but he did not acknowledge the information to make it a part of his life. And let's just read what some, what some scripture says about this. Oh my goodness, we do have to go. I'll just read Romans 4, 19 again. It says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. See, he didn't, in this story, he didn't consider the negative information. He considered the information that he received or that he acknowledged was the Word of God. The Word of God came to him, and he considered it, and it changed his life. And being weak with faith, he did not consider his own body already dead uh, since his uh, since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. And we know the rest of the story. Look at 2 Timothy 2.7. It says, Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Listen to this. 
A lot of people in the body of Christ are trying to get understanding about what the Word says, but they haven't even begun to acknowledge it. Well, I just don't understand what the Bible... Anybody ever heard that? I just don't understand what the Bible's saying. I just don't... Listen, you're not going to understand until you acknowledge it. And I don't mean hear it. I mean receive it. Listen, the Word of God came to the Virgin Mary, spoken by the angel of the Lord. She heard the information. She had a choice. She could have not considered the information and walked away. It just wasn't going to happen. Her cousin Elizabeth said, Oh, blessed is she among women, because now there will be a fulfillment of those things spoken to her because she believed. But what happened was, Mary heard the word. She considered the word, and then she acknowledged the word. And how do we know she acknowledged the word? Because of her confession. This is what she said. She said, I've heard the word. She asked the question, how can this be? The angel told her, gave her the information. She said, be it unto me. Now, now I know you've heard that message. We've shared that around Christmas. But listen, listen. That phrase, be it unto me, is so intimate. It's just not, okay, whatever you say, God. This is the, I, I, I'm going to, without, th this is really what took place. That word, when, that phrase where it says, be it unto me, it literally means, she said, okay, Holy Spirit, conceive in me. I receive your seed. Wow. In Proverbs, it says, it says, In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your paths. What's it mean to acknowledge God? In all your ways. That means when you acknowledge God, it's the beginning of a life of victory, not necessarily as the world sees, but as He decrees. You acknowledge, you say, God, be it unto me. I've heard all the information, and now I consider your ways, I consider your word, be it unto me. And when you say, be it unto me, and you consider his word, and you say, be it unto me, you've now acknowledged that God's word is for you, and you say, this is the way I want to go. Once you've made that decision, see, a lot of people in the church are still trying to decide, well, I really don't know which way I want to go. Yeah, the world looks like this, and God's world looks like this, and I'm caught in between, not knowing which way to go. What's the Bible say about that? A double-minded man is what? Not following instructions. I don't know where this nut goes. Does it go here? Does it go there? What's it supposed to do? Most people don't know. Well, if I only knew what to do with my life, then I'd do it. You're not going to know what to do with your life until you acknowledge God, come in line in agreement, and use your authority 
And as you do that, you're going to, God, your life, your path will be directed. Acknowledge God in all your ways, and He will what? Direct your path. Acknowledge God does not mean, okay, I know He's there. Listen, demons believe in God, and they tremble. We, be, we believe in God and don't do a thing. You understand? Demons really believe and they really tremble. We say we believe and we don't do diddly. Can I say that in church? Is that a cuss word? Diddly? Okay, good. Come on, church. Come on, church. Matthew chapter 13, verse 57. I like this. It says, So they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, a, a, a prophet is without honor except in his own country and his own house. Jesus was doing signs, wonders, and miracles and was going all throughout Galilee teaching. And people were amazed at Jesus until he went home. And they had, an, they had a battle of information. Wait a minute. This is confusing to me. We see this man. We see all the great works he's done. We hear all the wisdom coming out of his mouth. But he's Joseph's son. He's the carpenter. He's just the little boy that was down the street. But he's doing all this. But, and you know what they did? They didn't consider. They didn't acknowledge this. They acknowledged this. And so because of what they acknowledged, they received. They didn't acknowledge anything, and they received nothing. They would have received all that everybody else was receiving if they would have acknowledged what was going on and opened their heart to that and say, okay, this. He may have been this, but this, this is him now. See, in your own life, what's happening God is putting things before, God's putting things before you, things to do, people to pray for, to stand and pray, to cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, open blind eyes. That's all God's called you to do. He, that's out there. Well, I don't know. I didn't pass the third grade. Listen, I didn't. I'm not going to tell you about my educational background. You might leave. I'll just put it this way. It's shallow. <laughs> okay, let's go on. I like this one. 2 Peter. 2 Peter. Put this on the board, please. 2 Peter 1, verse 3. Actually, starting with verse 2. 2 Peter. Chapter 1. Verse 2. Hallelujah. Let me know when it's up there. Do what? Oh. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the what? That word knowledge is the same word as acknowledge. Okay, now watch this. So if you want more grace and peace and it be multiplied uh -oh, through you, does it say to you? Oh, I just wish I had more grace and peace. No, your, your prayer should be, God, may there be more grace and peace working through me. Oh, I tell you, when a church can get a hold of that, the key is through. 
But that word acknowledge, that word knowledge is the exact same word as acknowledge. Watch it. Grace and peace is going to come how? Through the acknowledgement of God and Jesus Christ, of their word and their way and their kingdom. When we begin to acknowledge that His kingdom come, His will be done on this earth as it is in heaven, bless God, I want it. Bid unto me. It's your choice. If you don't choose it, don't worry. If you don't want to pray in the Holy Ghost, you won't. If you don't want healing power to flow through you, it won't. If you don't want God's power in you to throw through you, you won't ever apply authority. Don't worry. If you want to be satisfied, that word this morning, if you want to be satisfied with where you're at and don't want nothing else, don't worry. Well, you might want to worry because you might lose what you got. The Bible says if you don't faithful with what you got, what you have will be. So what's a satisfied thing? I think it's a curse of the devil. My goodness. Let's read. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the acknowledging of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. Next one. According. What? According as His acting on according as His divine power has already given to us how many things? All things that pertain to what? Already been given. All we got to do is acknowledge. Right? Through the power, this is according as His divine power hath given us unto all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the what? Through the acting on the accepting or the agreement with what he has said. All this comes through, now we're not done with it, watch this, uh, through, the, uh, through the acknowledging or the agreement of him that hath called us from glory and virtue. Next one. Whereby are given to us, how are we get? what's it mean? Things aren't just given to us. See, things are given to us, right? What's given to us? Exceeding great and precious promise. Wait a minute. How are those exceedingly great and precious promises given to us? Whereby, tells us. By the acknowledging of the verse before, we have the, the great and precious promises. If you want God's great and precious promises active in your life, it starts with you acknowledging His great and precious promises in your life. It's you saying, okay, this is what the world has to offer, but here's God's great and precious promises. Which ones do you want? And remember, they're not supposed to stop with you. They're supposed to work through you. Oh, I want the, I want the prosperity of God to flow through me. So I can touch other people. I want the gift of, of revelation. I pray all the time that God will open the eyes of my... Listen, I don't pray it just out of happenstance. I pray all the time that God will open the eyes of my understanding. 
to bring me revelation. And I know that when I give out that revelation, I'm going to get more because that's the principle of the kingdom. See, by me giving out, see, when you give out, we're going to talk about that in the weeks to come, but, or next week, but when you give out what God's given you, you're bringing yourself in agreement with God's kingdom. God's kingdom. You receiving something from God and not continuing to pass it on is not being in agreement. For you to experience God's, Oh God, I just want to experience your love. Listen. The only way you're going to experience the love of God is by you loving somebody else because that's when it goes through you. That's when it goes through you. You're not going to experience the love of God until you start really loving other people around you. God's love doesn't stop with you. It starts with you. Until you start reaching out and blessing others, well, that's when you're really going to experience your blessing. All right, that's in agreement. We'll talk about that next week. Whereby are given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these you may be partakers of His divine nature. Listen, God put His divine nature in what we call the promises of God. The promises of God are just not something God does for job description. It's who He is. He is healing. He is love. All, you take all the promises and go, oh, that's a picture of God. That's His nature. That's who He is. So when you live in His love or His prosperity, you're living in God. Okay? Look at this one. We'll close with this one. And what's that mean? Nothing. Nothing. Philemon. Oh, this is a good one here. We talk about this a lot uh, uh, on Wednesday nights when we talk about our spirit, soul, and body classes, which we're going to start again in, in January. Uh, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, turn with me to the book of uh, Philemon chapter 1. Philemon chapter 1, or should I say chapter 7? Y'all wouldn't even know, would you? Philemon chapter 7, there's not one. There's only one chapter in the book of Philemon. Philemon! Philemon! Oh, 6. Chapter 1, verse 6. I like reading it off the screen. I'm going to read out of the New King James. It says this, verse 6, that the sharing of your faith may come effective by the acknowledgement, that is the same word as acknowledge, by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ. Listen to that one. What, what this is saying is that that the sharing of your faith, in other words, how you affect people, how you touch people, in other words, the things that happen around you, just like when Sherry, see, Sherry had the opportunity to share her faith, and the way her faith was shared was first understanding that she had the authority in her. And because she understood that she had come in line, she in an agreement with God's word. That's not God's word. And if it doesn't line up with, that was not God's word in that little boy at seven years old to be possessed by demons at seven years old and be talking about death, dying, and, and, and killing, and, and suicide. 
So she acknowledged that that wasn't God's word, and she came in agreement and stepped out of herself and stood with some people and exerted the authority that God's already given to her. And it says that faith, her faith was witnessed outside of herself. Why? Because it first happens through the every good thing that is in you. You don't have to wait for God to give you good things. He's already given you great things. I'll read it again. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. When you begin to acknowledge what God has already done in you in Christ Jesus, that's when your faith is going to be made manifest on the outside. Amen? Do you got the picture? If you never acknowledge what God has done in you, you will never experience it on the inside. If you're always telling yourself that you're not worth it, you'll never receive it. Until you acknowledge, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. Where? In the Spirit, in Christ Jesus inside of you. God doesn't have to come down from heaven to bless you. He's inside of you waiting for you to release Him so you can feel blessed. Because He's in there. I like what the Scripture says. Oh, in the book of Revelations, it says, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody in that house that I'm talking knocking, if they would just open the door, I'll come in and I'll sup with them and dine with them and we'll have fellowship and we'll grow in relationship. That wasn't written to the heathen. That was written to the church. So Jesus is standing outside the lukewarm church. Wonder why they're lukewarm? Because they're not looking at the good things that are inside of them. They're satisfied. You know what makes a person lukewarm? What's the word? Been satisfied. Oof. You can't be satisfied if you start acknowledging all the good things that God's done in you in Christ Jesus. And as you begin to acknowledge it, you become, next week we're going to talk about an agreement coming in line. I know this is hard for some people. That's good. We, we don't always need to just tell you everything's going to be okay. But you got to bring, first of all, you've got to acknowledge. You've got to say, okay, God, your word in me. And that's the process of repenting starting to take place in your mind. And as you begin to change the way you think, then you can bring yourself in agreement. Okay, now I can walk this way. I can do these things. I'm in agreement. I'm not going to do those things. We're going to talk about that clear mental picture again. If you have a clear mental picture, you're going to bring yourself under restraints for a season and certain things and not do certain things until you get victory over them. And then you'll be able to go back into certain places with a victory. Don't go back in those places until you get victory. That's why the Bible says, flee, run from the devil. And then it turns around and says, He's going to flee from you. Why? Because you've got victory now. You've overcome the problem. You know who you are in Christ. Man, I tell you what, this is too good. You can literally change the world you live in if you just follow these three A's to victory. You can live in the life of God 
that He came to bring us. Listen, He didn't come here just to get us to hang on to the pew and hope we make it. In the book of Ephesians chapter 3, it says that we are, that, that the manifold wisdom of God has been made known to us, that we might be made known through the, to the principalities and powers, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. We're supposed to let the, the powers that be, let them know that they're done. To be or not to be is not the question. Hmm. I'm going to read that again out of the New King James. Verse 6. That the sharing of your faith, what people experience around you, may come effective. It'll be real. How? By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. Let's stand up. This is a real simple message, but guess what? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25, it says, it says that we may be able to instruct those that are opposing themselves. It's, all this is is instruction. I believe the church on a general basis, the church overall, is opposing themselves. I'm not saying everybody in the church is but the majority of people are opposing themselves because they have two standards of information that's battling in their mind. Repentance comes when you choose which side of the fence you're going to go on. And I'm going to accept what He's got to say. He's my Creator, and my Creator knows better than anybody else how I need to be and the way I need to be and who I am. So I'm going to listen to my Creator. I'm not going to listen to my past. I'm going to listen to my Creator. I'm not going to listen to what my yearbook said back when I was in high school. I'm not going to listen to what those kids said when I was on the playground. I'm not going to listen to my mom and daddy tell me I was a mistake. I'm going to listen to what I hear the Father saying to me. I'm going to acknowledge Father, I'm going to acknowledge your word in me. Be it unto me. Conceive your seed in me this morning. So be it unto me. And now, Holy Ghost, now that I've committed unto you, Bring me into agreement. Now that I've acknowledged you in all my ways, lead me. I'll follow. See, following church is an agreement. Following means you're in agreement with where he's taking you. I like what Paul says, I'm confident of this very thing. He who has begun a good work in you, he will perform it. So you've committed unto Him. And He's committed unto you. Oh, church. Be it unto me.
Right now, church, I just want you to take your hands and put them. I'm not going to ask you to raise, raise them up above your shoulders. Just put them out here about belly high. Turn the palms up like you're fixing to catch. You ever, you ever teach a child how to catch a ball? You just make it as simple as you can do it. And you say, just put your hands like this. And you, you just take that ball and you put it in there. And you tell them, good job. Just, just act like you're standing before the Father and you're ready to catch a ball for the first time. Say, I receive. Everybody say it, I receive. You are my healer. Everybody just sing it to him right now. Just sing it to him. See, it's all part of that instruction. It's all part of that instruction that most times people don't want to follow. They want to do it themselves. But there's instruction. I believe. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Father, I thank you that your word fell on good ground and that we received your word. Father, I thank you that now it's our responsibility to nourish your word, to fertilize your word, to nurture your word. And may it bring 30, 60, and 100 fold return in our hearts and our lives. May our emotions become stabilized because we have recovered and we're on the path of recovery. We've recovered the victory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.